my goal from the very, very beginning was some are going to make, take their spouse or partner or, or to dinner money. Some people are going to make car payment money. Some people may make house payment money and some people may make life changing money. Um, if, if I can get podcasters to the point of making enough money every month to take their spouse, that gives them enough incentive to say, yes, this is possible to go bigger and grow bigger and maybe have a little resources to pay for an editor at some point, some of those things. So I think that um, the average podcaster is now challenge, <clears throat> unless they're a neat show or they've grown a significant audience is how do I get that initial taste of some cash? And really the answer is going to be programmatic. Welcome to Audio Branding, the hidden gem of marketing. Sound plays a more important role in human behavior and our decision-making than you may realize. In this podcast, I'll help you understand the art and science of sound so you can better influence others in business and your life. I'm your host, Jody Krangle. Let's delve a little deeper. This is the second part of my interview with Todd Cochran. Independent versus not independent. So do you think that the um, the independent podcaster is in trouble now? No. Like because of all of these big shows that are happening? No, because still, <laughs> if you think about it, um, I would say just based on our company's deliveries, we deliver about 300 million downloads of new episodes every month. Not 300 million episodes, but 300 downloads of new episodes every month. Uh, probably 96, 95% of those total downloads and new episodes come from independent content creators. Now, businesses, you know, in during COVID, what we found was people were already doing Instagram, they're doing Twitter, they were doing Facebook and a few other social medias. And what they did is they added podcasting to the mix as a way to really connect because there's nothing more powerful than being in someone's head because most people listen to podcasts with their headphones on. So you're right there with them. Sure, you got the social components that's fun, but it's here and gone. A podcast is a little bit more in-depth, a little more lasting, a little more rememberable. So that's why people that are part of companies, I think every company should have a podcast. Oh, don't be pitchy. You know, get, give mm -hmm. some good information and then throw a little information about your company and where to contact and then, and then bounce. But have something educational there to help your potential or existing clients be able to get more education. So I think every, every business should have a podcast. Now they may not be 20 minutes. They may be 10, whatever's in, and then maybe on a reputation business basis is only a couple times a month, but still get a company voice out there. I think it really makes, you know, makes a big difference. Yeah, there is something about the human voice that's very intimate that reaches us on a really deep level, which is, again, part of what I talk about in this podcast. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and also, it's a reason that I'm on Clubhouse, because I find that that social audio is a really interesting way to connect with a potential audience, too, with people that I would have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with that they don't necessarily get the uh, the option of doing when we're on a podcast. Mm -hmm. So I sort of use it as a companion to the podcast. I'm curious, have you been on like Twitter spaces or Clubhouse or anything like yeah. that? What do you think yeah, of it? I've been on Clubhouse and I think there's a great opportunity there if it's done correctly. We just had, had some open mic stuff and it was chaos. 
So I think if you schedule some guests and, and yeah. have them in so the audio quality, again, is not some guy walking down the street in Manhattan, I, I think you're okay. I think you do well on Clubhouse. And I think it's fun, too, from that open mic aspect as well. But some of that doesn't transfer to good audio. It's good entertaining content. It's good, you know, you know, kind of live and interactive. That's well. But again, I think it's all on how you program it out and how it sounds, um, especially if you're making it for an audience that's going to listen to it on demand later. Yeah, that is a good point. I know that in Clubhouse, you can listen to things later. They do have replays. So that's interesting to to watch. And you can tell very much when someone has a decent setup and when someone is just using their phone. (laughs) And you expect on Clubhouse that they'll be using their phone. But along those lines, how do you think that podcasters who are independent, who don't have a whole bunch of money behind them, can improve the sound quality of what they're putting out there? Do you have any tips for people? Well, I think the first thing is is the again um if you're going to invest in anything invest in a decent mic um there's lots of great usb mics out there right now this sure mk7 it's fantastic it's a little pricey but you know on the lower spectrum the audio technic uh, atr 21 or 2200 that's another decent mic for a usb mic but then again you can go up the stack and spend you know a big pile of money by you know for years, I was using a Blue Mouse. That was a $1,500 mic. And most podcasters are not going to spend that kind of money for, for a microphone because it's just, you know, it's out of reach. But again, I think having the best audio flow to begin with is, is key. And then have a compelling story. Don't go chasing topics. Have something that you're excited to talk about. Uh, a lot of people are chasing categories now. And that's, you know, if you're, if you're not in tune to that category, why would you do that? Yeah, you really should have a passion for what you're talking about or you're going to pod fade pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, when you started this, I mean, obviously, you've been pretty passionate about your theme because you've been doing it since 2004. (laughs) How has that theme evolved over the years? Well, you know, besides the 1495 LabTech microphone I bought that I did the first two episodes with, um, it's evolved uh, slowly. And I really came up with a format for the show that I've stuck to pretty hardcore throughout the years. And every once in a while, I'll kind of move things around or I'll update the intro a little bit. But from that aspect, if you go back and listen to episode 50 and listen to episode 1600, the flow is pretty close to being the same. And the reason is, is audiences are, nat- are, are creatures of habit. Uh, some people are not going to want to listen to that beginning dialogue. They're going to jump hood to eight to 10 minutes to get to the content. Some people only listen to open dialogue and they don't listen to the rest of the content. So it's really depending on the listener. And if you go changing it up too much, uh, they'll, they will, they will let you know. And the same thing goes with ad load. I, I can run about two ads in the show without pushback, but as soon as I add a third ad, the numbers start to go down and people start to bail out on me. So you know, my show, I know there's, Interesting. yeah, there's an ad limit, uh, mm-hmm. to, to the, to the audience. And right now I'm running a pre and a, a mid, and that seems so far to be acceptable to the audience. So do you read those? Are those like, like host read ads or do you actually have something programmed in that you'll just play at a certain yeah, point? Yeah. The, the, the pre-roll is programmatically, and I don't produce that. It's just served on demand. It could be a Microsoft ad. It could be Geico. It could be really anything. The mid-roll is, uh, has been host-read since the, the introduction of the sponsor in June of 05. In fact, it's the same sponsor, 
uh, GoDaddy sponsored the show all these years, and it's the longest running continuous sponsor. Wow. Yeah. So those are host red, and uh, the reason is uh, sometimes I might be a little be you know below goal, and I'll be like, hey, <laughs> we need a few more of you to step up this month, or so it's it's really a um, it's a personal message, and I personally endorse it and personally believe in use the product. So I think that's another thing too with audio is people can smell a fake a mile away. They can they can smell non authentic content. It just comes through. You can't hide it. We have a sec all of us have a second nature to kind of smell that out. Yeah, I think using the human voice kind of gets past that a little bit. And especially when you're reading your own ads, then it's pretty much an endorsement of what you're reading and more direct, mm -hmm. I guess, than just putting a, a spot in there. Although, you know, I'm a voice actor, so I kind of like those in-between spots that are pre-made. Right. I get paid for those. <laughs> uh, and, and, and I do too, because I don't have to produce them. So yes, I, I agree yes. as well. And I think there's a, there's a place for everything. And of course mm -hmm. the advertisers are willing to spend certain amounts of dollars on host red versus the programmatic stuff. And, um, but at the same time, when there's no work involved on my part, I don't really care what the CPM is, to be honest with you. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I guess if it's not coming directly to you, it's just, uh, you know, uh, points on a data. Right. No, no. <laughs> on a piece I'm of not going to give it to them. I'm not going to give them to it for free, but I kind of know the range at what yeah. it's going to come in at, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. you must know your audience pretty well by this point. So <laughs> with, with whatever turnover there is. <laughs> I, I think a lot of podcasters think they know their audience, but they awesome don't always know the exact persona. And there might be multiple personas within an audience. So I always recommend podcasters try to, you know, do some surveys and get those personas. So you really know who you really are talking to. I know that we're all dealing with a lot of stuff these days. So I particularly wanted to acknowledge those that have taken the time to leave honest reviews of this podcast. Thrive After 55 writes, This is a gem of a podcast. Jody is not only an accomplished talent in voiceover and singing, but can now add gracious and welcoming podcast host. Her style of interviewing truly allows room for her guests to shine with interesting and intriguing information. This is a great add to your podcast listening. Thank you, Thrive, for your very kind review. And now back to the show. That is a good idea, actually. How would you go about making a survey for people? Like, how would you get them to fill it out? Would you give them some incentive? Would you put it on your website? Would you add, you know, make an ad for it on your podcast? I would do it. I'd do a call out in the show and have the survey created. Mm -hmm. And I would make it so they could get through it pretty quick, two or three minutes max. And maybe ask some of those questions. It's the back of your head. Uh, you know, is this who I think I'm speaking to? And and you'll find that out. Sometimes you'll confirm what you already knew, but sometimes you might be surprised. We even did that as a company. We did a big persona study and we were like, oh, a few things we got wrong, a few things we got right. Most of it we knew, but uh, mm -hmm. there was a few surprises in there. So it allowed us to change our messaging a little bit within our show to make sure we were talking to those, that segment that we, we may not have known about. Nice. What was the surprise? I'm curious now. <laughs> the, the surprise was we um, we had a heavier mix of folks. We we thought our mix was about 70% indie, 30% business. And the mix was more like 80-20. And so what it really did was it told us that those 80% of indies 
Um, and we should have knew this, but it just came through in the study that they needed more help growing their show. So we've been like heavy focused on helping podcasters grow. Matter of fact, I tell the team, I see you have an idea. The second word out of your mouth better be, how does it help the podcaster grow his show? And uh, so we made some changes there in some of our business offerings. And, uh, the, you know, the, biz, uh, the, the business customers are still important, don't get me wrong. But the indie podcasters were a bigger percentage of the business than we thought. And the makeup of how they do their show um, was surprising in that there's a lot of podcasters out there that are solo. They are producer, director, recorder, social media. They do everything. And uh, that that number still runs really, really high. I think there's maybe only 10% of shows that are probably invoking the producer aspect. Uh, it's growing, but I, I we thought it would be had been a little more, a little higher, but it, 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 it wasn't. Yeah, interesting. I guess the, the barrier to entry is pretty low when it comes to podcasting, really. when You don't really need all that much to get started. So no. when people are just starting... You know, they're they're going with what they have and then who can pay for an editor, you know? Right, right. <laughs> so, yeah, you learn as you go, I guess. And then as you are able, you you pay people, you outsource what you can. And I also said, I what is your goal? You know, what is the goal of the show? Yes. Is the goal of the show to have fun? Is the goal to have mm -hmm. lead generation? Is the goal to monetize? You know, everyone has a different goal. And as long as you know what your goal, my goal was simple, build authority, monetize, because my my wife made me figure out the monetization within two years because it was just cost of money. And for me it was to build authority in the tech space. So that was my goal of my show in the beginning. So I, I was clear on that. I, and I told my audience from like episode five, I was like, Hey, we're, we're going to monetize this thing. Or, and uh, no one was monetizing then. And it, it took about 90, 70 episodes to get monetized, but, it was really, you know, I was focused on what I was going to do. So I think if you're focused on what the goal of your audio is, then you'll be able to reach that market you're willing to reach or wanting to reach. So that progression from your first epi episode to the 70th episode when you were able to monetize, how did you do that? Like, <laughs> was it just that you had enough audience then to sell ads or was there, were there, was there something beyond that? It was, pure, you know, basically I got a phone call by this gal named Chris Redlinger from GoDaddy. She said, hey, we'd, we'd love to sponsor your show. And I'm like, really? And I'm like, oh, by the way, I was talking bad about you, uh, you know, in this blog post three months ago. You need to go look at it. And, and I said, when you, after you've looked at it, then come back and see if you still want to sponsor the show because that had some problems. And they said, they, <laughs> good point. And they said, yeah, we still, we, we still want to sponsor. And, uh, brave. yeah, they were brave. <laughs> they were. And, you know, they were, they put up with some stuff because some things happened and I called them out on it. And, you know, some stuff their prior founder did. Oh my God. He's like, you, you know, in social media terms today, he had a, he had a PR disaster event, you know, that, you know, he wouldn't have survived today compared to what he did before. But um, long story short, that uh, the thing that was kind of funny was I didn't know how much to charge. So I just gave a number. I gave my hosting bill number. Now, if I can pay the hosting bill, that solves the money problem, right? And um, it was 300 bucks is what I said. And uh, run, the, run, the, run the ad for a month. And she came back. She says, we want to resign for a year. I'm like, 
really? I said, oh, that's nice. I said, how did we do? And she said, you, and the key word is she said, you brought us 376 new customers. And I was like, huh? I said, can I call you back? <laughs> yeah, you need to charge more. <laughs> so I, I went and did the, I went and did the math and came up with a number. And have you ever went and bought a used car and you offered a number for the car and the, and the, the dealer, the auto dealer said, yes, sir. We'll, we'll take that. Well, that was the kind of conversation I had. <laughs> and I knew instantly I had underbid myself. Yes, and, exactly. If they agree too fast. Right. <laughs> and, exactly. And, and I laughed. And I said, well, I said, and I said, I want, I want a bonus if I get over a certain amount of uh, referrals. And she laughed. She says, you underbid, didn't you? And I said, yes. <laughs> and she said, okay, let's, and we worked together and we did a deal. And um, so it was, it was really one of those things we didn't know what to charge. We didn't know the value of the audience and that relationship has been very good for many, many years. And, um, so you just never know. And it's just, again, it goes back to, you have to be there. You have to be creating the content. You don't know who's listening. You don't know who's searching for something. I was found more than likely through a Google search tech show. Yeah. Makes sense. Mail, heavy mail you know, 80% male audience, it makes sense that it's going to be good for them. And then as the show prog uh, progressed, my number of ladies listening increased. So now the show's at 60-40. So as GoDaddy progressed over the years to become, frankly, more women-friendly, uh, because they did, they evolved over the years, uh, then it just fit the audience. The audience grew with it, and the, and the ladies were buying the product too. So I think that um, we all learn together. So I, you know, I've I've got a lot of history with them and a lot of interesting emails too. They would make a good book someday. But um... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> oh my goodness! Maybe some they wouldn't want to have in the public. <laughs> right. Well, you know, some of it was very very public, and you know, I had just toted in with mm -hmm. my opinion, say, "Hey, you're killing me here." You know. And you can't do this on, on, you know, anymore. This is not acceptable. This is not socially acceptable. So Yeah, yeah. Some yeah. things that uh, have evolved <laughs> over time. <laughs> uh, along those lines, though, the, the interesting part of this discussion for me is kind of figuring out, like, because you were right in the beginning of all this. So now when someone is trying to get monetization going, then they don't necessarily, like, do they necessarily have to worry about the numbers of people listening? Or is it more about the the particular niche that they're fulfilling and reaching? Yeah. And and if that is a, a smaller portion of the population, but it's very specific and that advertiser is really going after that specific niche, then, you know, maybe that's that'll work. If you're a neurosurgeon and you reach a thousand of the top neurosurgeons every episode you can probably charge about $20,000 for that now yeah, because I know I imagine, that's, yeah. that's what happened with yeah. a neurosurgeon that was reaching other neurosurgeons now if you're doing a general tech show <laughs> that is not necessarily re reaching a, a niche well maybe you're going to be on a CPM model maybe a $20, $25 CPM model but ultimately to make the big bucks you typically have to have a big audience, niche or not. Now that doctor 
you know, he was super niche, but how many neurosurgeons are there in the world? So, but if you have niche content, you who have time for a podcast, right? And, and matter, <laughs> that's a big one. <laughs> and, and the strange story to that is he quit doing the podcast because they were making too much money and his partners complained. Now, can you imagine making an extra $80,000 a month? And there was no uh, write off for that. That was pure cash. It was coming in. So, <laughs> So that added a million dollars to their bottom line every year. And that was just purely taxable. So that seems like a good problem to have, Ouch. you know, but, you know, pay that 37% and be happy. Right. So yeah, but taxes are no joke. <laughs> no joke. <laughs> yeah. So, so he had a whole different weird problem, but most of us would not, most of us would love to make that kind of money. I think that, um, most podcasters in, in, in reality, my goal from the very, very beginning was some are going to make, take their spouse or partner or, or to dinner money. Some people are going to make car payment money. Some people may make house payment money and some people may make life changing money. Uh, um, if, if I can get podcasters to the point of making enough money every month to take their spouse that gives them enough incentive to say, yes, this is possible to go bigger and grow bigger and maybe have a little resources to pay for an editor at some point, some of those things. So I think that um, the average podcasters now is challenge <clears throat> unless they're a neat show or they've grown a significant audience is how do I get that initial taste of some cash? And really the answer is going to be programmatic. Um, there's no other way we, we work for years to try to get those brand advertisers back down into smaller shows and they just don't do it. So uh, it, they, and when you get a thousand, 2000, 3000, 5,000 listeners, then the dynamics change and you can make significantly more money. But really in the end, you have to have a big audience for big money. I, you know, and some people will fight me on this, but fundamentally for most shows, that's true. Yeah. Again, it would depend, I it think, depends. on what your niche That's is right. That's and true. how far you're focusing. Yeah. yeah. yeah like yeah. your show, I think, could have a pretty good niche. I think you should you should have some, you know, you could have a microphone or a audio processor or a, you know, somebody that would come in a DBX or a you know, whoever would come in mm -hmm. and would potentially be a great sponsor for your show. You're niche enough. That I think you could do that. Yeah. Yeah. And, prob and probably do well. Yeah, for me, I'm I'm less worried about monetization in that immediate way. Um, this is more a way for me to sort of raise all boats for those of us who work in sound, because sure. I often find, and and maybe you've experienced this in in your working life as well, that people who are making productions think of sound as the very last thing that they put on to whatever they're working on. So I end up being the little bow on the present or the icing on the cake, as opposed to them having thought about the music and the voice and whatever from mm -hmm. the beginning. And if they thought about it from the beginning, if sound was really important to them, then the whole picture, the whole production would have much more of an impact. And I don't think that people realize that quite yet. I think it's something that that I still have to keep telling people. <laughs> um, and, you know, I have people on the show who demonstrate that. <laughs> Are you looking for ways to improve your company's or podcast's impact? You'd be surprised how powerful the use of an intentional audio branding strategy can be. Want to know more? 
I have a free downloadable PDF that gives you my five tips for implementing an intentional audio strategy at voiceoversandvocals.com slash audio dash branding dash strategy. That location does ask to put you on a mailing list just to send you updates on when the new podcasts come out. But if you really don't want to give your email out, I understand. Just contact me directly. My email is all over my website and I'll make sure you get that PDF without needing to sign up anywhere. If you do sign up though, you also get access to a resources section called The Studio, where I have videos, white papers and PDFs, discounts from my guests and snippets of audio from my guests that no one else gets to hear. So maybe it's worth your while, totally up to you. And of course, if you're looking for voiceovers, you can get in touch with me about that too. Now back to the podcast. You know, bad audio is 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 as example I did is I commissioned some radio guy to do me a an open. It was horrible. It was I listened to it, I thought, oh, maybe they're gonna like it. And I played it an intro on the first show, twenty-three seconds, and I was bombarded. People said I, I stopped. I couldn't listen any further. That intro was horrible. It lasted one episode. Oh no. And so why it, was it bad? Was it because of his just, audio production or was it yeah, the voice it was just, or was it? It was, the, it was all of the above. Okay. And, <laughs> and so, but on the other hand, I had had another voiceover person do a great intro for me that r- the audience loved and I ran it for years. And uh, so you really have to find, you know, those elements. You know, my, my audience does not do well when I go ding or I put a, you know, a, a, some overlay track. They just, they don't, they don't like it. Now sure. other shows, it, it fits. So I think it really, again, is in about the design, right? It's about the design of the audio and the experience you want to give your audience. So mm-hmm. it is all audio branding. I mean, that's the thing, right. right? So maybe that guy's voice didn't fit the audio brand of your show <laughs> and people were noticing. Yeah. <laughs> So I'll, I'll I'll dig it I'll dig it up somewhere and send it over to you. You'll have a good. Laugh. I'd love to hear. Yeah, <laughs> uh, if you do want that kind of thing again, if that's ever something that you do, feel free to hit yeah. me up. We'll talk. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you, you'll you'll definitely say, "Oh, I see why this was bad." And yeah, I knew in the yeah. back of my head it was bad, but I said, oh, "We'll run with it once and see." You know, I'd already paid sure. the guy, so <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I you try it out. Yeah, I mean, I end up doing my own. <laughs> But, uh, you know, just because this is what I do and, and sure. it's my show, so <laughs> why not? But yeah, not mm-hmm. everyone is going to want to do that. But I do intros and outros for people all the time. And yeah, it it really depends on whether or not my voice fits what their brand is. That's where audio branding comes in. Mm-hmm. It's like, the does the, the visual match the audio? What emotions? Mm-hmm. We were talking about this before. What emotions do you want people to feel when they listen to your show or when they see your show, if it's a video show or you're putting out podcast art or whatever? What do you want them to feel? And you follow through with that with the sound. That's that's all part and parcel of audio branding and, and what I talk about here. So, yeah, very I important. Think th- I think I, and I think there's also going to be a whole industry that's going to work on the for the hearing impaired folks, giving them a closed caption feedback that has the emotion in it that says when someone's excited or when it's, you know, because they lack that in most of the um, closed caption stuff today. So 
one of the missions that we're on right now is try to kind of how to fix that piece in podcasting. And for those of us that can hear, you know, we are, you know, we're either assaulted or soothed by the content that we listen to and they don't get that option. So we have to figure out a way to, to invoke that emotion to them through text for mm-hmm. those that are truly hearing impaired. Yeah. Yeah. That is definitely a challenge, especially the emotion. <laughs> the emotion, the emotion is yeah. the hard piece. Yeah. How do you tell a computer can't tell if someone's happy, sad, or angry. They may say their voice is elevated, but what is the emotion? Yeah, 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 that's a tricky one. Yeah. So is Blueberry going like all into that? Is that something that you're doing over at that, over there? It's something we're working on, and the emotion piece is probably going to come later, but uh, it's something that we're hearing feedback from, you know, that we're trying to to, to fix that. We First of all, we got to fix it so every every podcast can have a closed caption on their audio player. So at mm-hmm. least we, we, we solve that issue and every podcast can have a transcript too, for those that are hearing impaired. So that is, you know, that is, we, we owe that to that community for sure uh, at, at a very, very minimum, the whole podcasting space does. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're going to, we're going to, matter of fact, we're building a brand new player to, to accommodate that. Oh, I love it. Okay. Um, so uh, we are coming to the end here, but if you can let people know how to get in touch with you and, and maybe a little of, you know, you've kind of already spoken about it, but if there's anything else that you're working on now, feel free to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'm, um, I'm Todd at blueberry.com. It's blueberry without the ease. Again, we couldn't afford the ease and, uh, we're working on a whole bunch of stuff. We're working on programmatic advertising. We're going to be providing podcasters, media kits We're providing more metric statistics, so it's really about helping podcasters understand what's going on with their content and giving them tangible information to allow them to grow their show. I think you've got a promo code you're going to share with the audience for a 30-day mm-hmm. free trial. So I'll let you do that in the show notes or wherever you place that. I think it's but, actually, uh, you said 60, I think. Oh, is, yeah, that's right. It is <laughs> 60 days. 60. Yeah. It, it, it is 60. I'm yeah. calling you out here, Todd. Uh, <laughs> short change, short changing. Um, <laughs> But, you know, one thing is for sure is we've got a, our, our support team has, uh, we're the only company that does phone support. So you can call a friend if you need mm-hmm. help and seven day email support as well. But uh, the phone is Monday through Friday, nine to five Eastern. Other than that, you know, just check us out. Lots of options out there. We main thing I want people to do is start a podcast. That's the key. Good point. Let your voice be heard. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much, Todd. This has been really fantastic. I appreciate your time a lot. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for having me on. Well, that's the end of this episode. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you heard, why not tell a friend about this podcast? It's available in all the usual locations. Until next time.